Good evening, everybody. This is your host, Kwame Salfamensa, and we are back with a brand new episode of A Day Talk for Educators Live, the show for the unsung heroes of education. This episode is a very special one, and the reason why it's so special is because we're talking about a topic that is very personal for me. We're talking about how to support new teachers, first-year teachers who come into the profession right out of their teacher education programs. As someone who was fired after their first year of teaching, I know all too well how important it is to have the guidance and support from a mentor who's there along the way as you grow in your craft. So today's guest is somebody who is making that bold move to be that new teacher bestie for those new teachers who need the guidance. And she's going to come on and talk to us about what she's doing within her school district, within her networks, and this new phenomenon that she started out. So without further ado, I want to bring in Miss Yolanda Player to the show, a.k.a. the new teacher bestie. And she's going to let us know what she does. Hello. Hey. How are you doing today? Doing good. I'm so pumped about this episode. I've been waiting for this episode for the past week. Me too. I'm so, very excited. Yeah, so I'm I'm just ready to talk about everything new teachers. Before we get into that conversation, I want to give you a chance to let the audience know a little bit about yourself and what brought you into the field of education. Me being in the field of education pretty much was God's plan. I wanted to be a teacher since I was six years old. So I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, but once I moved from Ohio to Houston was when I seen the way teachers treated the bilingual students when I was in high school. Like if they read a word wrong or if they pronounced something wrong or if they spoke Spanish in class, it was a problem. Like I had never experienced that because there was not a big Hispanic population where I grew up. And so I didn't like it. And I was like, you know, these students shouldn't feel like their teacher is against them. And so that was when I kind of decided, like, I want to be a bilingual teacher and I kind of want to break those barriers and let them know, like, just because I don't look like you doesn't mean that I don't understand, you know, what you're going through, where you're coming from. They're trying their best. They, you know, are trying to learn a second language and they're being laughed at and you know, reprimanded by their teacher. So I was in college and one day I went to my advisor and I'm like, I want to do bilingual education. And she's like, do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, nope. (laughs) And so she's like, okay, we have a bilingual education plan. And so I pretty much started, I had already began to learn Spanish in high school, but I started from there, my bilingual education degree. And then I just kind of took off from there. So I guess I've always kind of wanted to advocate for people, but yeah, that's how I became a bilingual educator. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you speak both English and Spanish, correct? Yes, I'm certified bilingual. So I've only taught in a bilingual setting. I've taught for nine years and I did bilingual kindergarten. I've done dual language kindergarten. I've also done bilingual first grade. Awesome. Awesome. So my mother-in-law, she's from Panama, so she speaks fluent Spanish, but don't test me. I, my Spanish isn't that great. <laughs> it well, is not that great. <laughs> the dual language in me can help you out, you know? The dual <laughs> yeah, I can help you out. 
Yeah, I could use that because right now um, my wife and I are trying to teach my son some Spanish words and he's a lot better than I am right now. He's only two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let him listen to music in Spanish. He'll pick it up. <laughs> uh, for sure. So let's talk about what you do because you're not from Houston, but you're in the Houston area. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. So where are you from originally? Originally from Cincinnati. Ohio. World's best chili. Have you had it? Never had chili. <laughs> it's Not from Cincinnati, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You have to try it if you ever go. All right. I'll be sure mm-hmm. to do that when, we, when I get out there. But tell me about your time as a campus induction coordinator uh, when you're in the school district out there in Houston. And what was that experience like for you? How are you able to support new teachers there? So the role of the campus induction coordinator was, you know, help onboard the new teachers to the campus. And I was supposed to be not only a liaison, but an advocate for them. So I matched them with their mentors that were going to be there assisting them on campus way from the beginning. So I would meet up with the new teachers during the summer. We would plan an event just for the new teachers and their mentors, and I would get to know their personalities, and I would match them up. And then all throughout the year, it was my job to make sure that the new teachers felt comfortable, that their mentor was communicating with them. We had meetings throughout the year just to check in and make sure that everything was going well. And I really enjoyed it, but I was also a classroom teacher. And so in my head, I was like, it would be nice if this was a full-time role. Like if it existed, to help new teachers full time all day, you know, because if I were to leave the classroom, which if you know me, I never wanted to leave the classroom. But if I were to leave the classroom, I would want to be able to help new teachers full time because a lot of new teachers just feel like they don't have help because everybody's always busy, you know. But it was like I couldn't always be 100 percent in that role because I had my own classroom, my own kids. And you can't sacrifice the kids for anything else, you know? Wow. So I didn't realize that your role as the coordinator was a dual role. So you were still a full-time teacher while doing this role. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When were you able to sleep? Today. Today was the first time I've slept in many years. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, no, I couldn't do as much as I love to help people out. That would just be an overburdening experience for me. So you're a campus induction coordinator, mm-hmm. but you're also a classroom teacher. And I know from talking to you off air, you had some personal challenges during your first couple years on the job. Yeah. So why just share a little bit about some of those challenges, because I'm sure that's what propelled you to want to become a supporter and advocate for new teachers. Right. Because the first year I started late, I started in September and my best friend's mom was like, oh, we need a bilingual pre-K teacher at our campus. And so I went for the interview and the interview was four hours long and I toured the campus and all this stuff. And There was a sub in the classroom. I ended up getting the job that same day. And she's like, you're going to be in kindergarten. 
and we need you to come, you know, next like Monday, like we need you to come in. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And she's like, there's been a long-term sub in the room. So she'll get you acclimated. She'll get you going. And then after lunch, you'll be on your own. You know, I'm 24, fresh out of college. So I'm just like, okay, like, (laughs) like really depending on this sub to like kind of walk me through how my day is going to be. So I get to the school and they walk me to my classroom and the kids are in there, they're working and they introduce me to the sub and she's like, hi, I'm going to be in here showing you around. And so then the principal is like, miss so-and-so, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm like, well, she's like, sure. Right. And so at that point they step outside. And then at one point I realized that the sub never came back. Like she never came back. There was no introduction. There was no like, this is here and we've been doing this kind of like, you know, I know I'm the teacher now, but at least tell me like how the day has been going. Like at least tell me what y'all been doing, what the routine is, where the bathroom is, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, little things that matter. <laughs> and it was like, just from that moment, I was on my own. And then all throughout the year, it's just like so many off the wall things like the light blew out in the classroom and the principal said she was concerned about me professionally. And there was times where I was singled out in front of the whole campus and, you know, pulled back into my classroom to do observations when the whole school is around the corner at the pep rally. So it was like, I was a new teacher, but I wasn't getting any support and I was supposed to be assigned a mentor, never was assigned a mentor. So I know what it's like to not have help. I know it's like to start and be thrown into the middle of something. Like there's nobody there to pull you up or to encourage you or to help you out. Luckily, I did have a really good team, but your team is busy and you can't blame them. They have their own class. They have their own things going on. And once you close that door, you know, it's just you and the kid. And to feel like you don't really have like, you know, even though your team lead and your team is there to not have a mentor, it feels like you really don't have anybody that you can confide in or you can go to and ask those questions you may have. Right. And it's so funny you mentioned this because it makes me think back to when I was a teacher, a teaching assistant in Philadelphia many years ago. Mm -hmm. I was put in one classroom, a fourth grade classroom where they had already gone through four teachers and we were in the month of November. It was only November. They'd already gone through four teachers. So I was number five on the oh. list. <laughs> yeah, I was only there for a month just to hold it down for the long-term sub who's going to come in and relieve me. Mm-hmm. But Yolanda, just going through that year, going through that month was just like mind-blowing because first off, I didn't have the tools that I have now as a veteran teacher. Right. I was still... <laughs> I had just started my grad school program for my master's and certification. So I was very much a baby when it came to this work. Right. And I literally had to use my intuition and just think of what would make sense for these kids because they needed structure. They needed somebody who would be a consistent presence for them right? as they go through their day to day. And I just wanted to be that. And that's why I tried to do, but I tell you, I was putting in 50 hour school weeks. Right. I didn't have any benefits. I didn't have any health benefits, any dental. It was just hourly pay. So if I missed a day, I lost pay for that day. And you talk about me doing a dual role. (laughs) (laughs) I lost pay. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, 
it was one of the most valuable learning experiences I could have ever had because it really prepared me for the real work that I would have as a lead teacher. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in one of the chapters of my book, uh, Shape of Teacher Identity, where I called it a baptism by fire. Got that thing. There you go. I got it. Sign, so, copy. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure you read that chapter. If you haven't gone there yet, it's it's just a crazy chapter. You just you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about what it means to have to improvise and think on the go. Right. But the sad thing to me about it is that everybody is not going to be as strong as you and everybody's not going to be as determined as me. And not all new teachers are going into teaching to have to figure it out. And no new teacher thinks like that. Like one day I'll be stronger when I get through this struggle. And if new teachers would just be supported from the beginning, then, well, I guess there wouldn't be people like you and me, but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, why can't we just support them from the beginning, you know? Yeah, you're right. So I'm just looking at the comments. So I see a lot of people here showing some love. So this is Casimir Dean. She says, you're amazing. Aww. And she's happy to see that you're using your experience and expertise to impact new teachers. Angelina says, hashtag new teacher struggle. That's for sure. It's real out on these new teacher streets. I've been there. <laughs> right. But yeah, just a lot of love from people. So you're really impacting a lot of folks, which is a perfect segue into what you're doing right now, which is new teacher bestie. So right. I want to give you a chance to talk to us about new teacher bestie. What inspired you to start this organization and what's the mission of it? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, With New Teacher Bestie, I just want to be an advocate for new teachers from day one. Like myself, a lot of new teachers go in and they have so many questions and they don't know where to go to get answers or they may be intimidated by getting answers from their admin or maybe they don't click with their mentor. It could be a number of things. And Just like the new teachers had on my campus, I want new teachers to feel like they have, you know, a best friend, a listening ear, somebody who can help them along the way without feeling like they're being judged or like they're being evaluated because I'm not affiliated with any district. You know, I took Mm -hmm. a huge leap of faith and I left my district so that I could help and advocate for any teacher anywhere globally. Basically, I'm willing to travel if that's what it will take. But that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to help any teacher anywhere from day one. So I don't want them to feel like help is inaccessible. Right. And that's a bold move you made. Very. Very. As someone who's done it, you know, himself, Mm -hmm. leaving the comforts of the classroom where you know where everything is. Right. You have a consistent routine, a nine to five. You know you have to submit your lesson plans by Friday, every single week. I don't miss that. Everything is told. I don't miss that. Yeah, I don't Everything is pretty much laid out for you. You don't have to think about it. Right. And then you decide to leave those comforts and start something that's a grassroots effort right. from the ground up. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And, it's not. and nobody knows me, you know? 
like all the people in the comments, there's a lot of people in the comments who I was there, CIC campus induction coordinator. So I helped onboard them to the campus. And so they're like, you know, I love her. I know her. She helped me so much, so many wonderful things. And then you take that and you have it and you go on social media and it's like, I'm your new teacher bestie. And they're like, girl, who are you? Like, you know, <laughs> like, who are you? You know, and then it's just like, okay, wait, let me rewind <laughs> and tell you why I'm your new teacher bestie. So, yeah, it's a huge leap. Right. Tell us about some of the features and different programs that you have under new teacher bestie. What are some things that we can look forward to with this new initiative? So my main focus is going to be the new teacher cohort, where the new teachers will be in a private group. And I'm basically going to start with the pacing, hopefully, of the new school year. I know a lot of people school districts haven't given them a lot of direction, and they don't know if they're going to be virtual or in person. However, school is going to start. And my goal is to start with the teachers, to have them in the group with me. And basically, I'll go live weekly with professional development, you know, ideas or stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. also monthly, I'll have experts come in from the field of education who I've met along my own journey, who have helped me tremendously to get to where I am. Because even though I didn't have the help in the beginning, I must say that I had some amazing people along the way of my educational journey. So, of course... I'll bring those people in and let them, you know, lead a session, whether it's on math or guided reading or, you know, whatever the topic may be. And then, of course, the fun stuff, the giveaways and the book studies, which I love because I did have a principal who was big on book studies and I am a reader myself. So, you know, just to go through the school year together as a cohort, as a small group of teachers and to feel like somebody has their back. And then also... I'll have individual services if they want me to coach them one-on-one, like they're struggling with something on their evaluation and they keep getting bad feedback or if they need help with lesson plans or something specific, I can also do that. And then I also thought about it and I think I'm going to open up my services to like second, third, fourth year teachers who just kind of still have questions and just want like a quick one-on-one, you know, can you help me out with this one thing that I can't seem to get past? So I'll be available for services like that too. Okay. Cause I'm going to ask you that because there's some teachers who are new, maybe first year teachers, but they're career changers. Right. Yeah. And education may be their second, third or fourth career. Right. Uh, yes. For some. Yes. All are welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'll awesome. turn certification, education majors. It doesn't matter. I, I will help everybody. Oh, man, that's great. Now, tell me this. Now, there are many things that we need in order for us to enter the classroom as new teachers. So I want you to give us the top three prerequisite skills that a new teacher should have before they enter any classroom. Top three, if there is such a thing. Prerequisite skills? I think think it should more so be prerequisite mindset. Mm. Teaching is a learn-as-you-go profession. And so to say that you should come in with prerequisite skills, I mean, you can, because I feel like every teacher has their strength, like their natural strength. I can say that mine is classroom management. 
my teacher's stare is like none other, you know, like <laughs> I, I didn't have many problems with classroom management. So that's something that came natural to me, but I wouldn't say that it's a prerequisite to come in with, but I feel like prerequisite mindset, you know, keep calm, you know, keep God first, stay motivated and believe that you can and know that nothing will last forever you know like that little boy that's acting up he won't act up forever like the little boy that won't stop talking he won't keep talking forever that one thing on your evaluation that you just can't seem to get right that won't be that same one thing forever like there's always going to be a turn you know there's always going to be something better on the other side but you have to have an open mind and you have to stay motivated so I think you really have to have a positive mindset as a teacher and you can't be like a you know I can't type of person you have to be an I can type of person so those would be prerequisite mindset things that I think a new teacher should come in with because you know when I was in school it's always like teachers have to be flexible you have to be flexible no matter what you have to be flexible that's a mindset in your mind you have to already believe that I am flexible enough to go with the ebb and flow of whatever happens in my classroom. Oh man, gotta, we have to be. We yeah, have you to, to hold that control. Yeah, and everything just blows up. So to me, it's more so mindset and staying grounded. Mm-hmm. Because one thing we can't be as teachers is rigid. Right. Because yeah. as you know, the typical school day doesn't always go as planned. You might have a fire drill in the middle of your lesson. Right. You know. You might have an emergency that takes away those last 15 minutes of instructional time and you don't get through the whole lesson. So many things happen over the course of a school year, Mm -hmm. let alone a school day, that are beyond our control. Right. So one of the things I've learned over my years as a teacher is, you know, you can't control everything. You can only do the best that you can. Right. And, And make the best with the cards that you're dealt. Right. You know, and I believe that having that experience as a teaching assistant, a camp counselor, mm-hmm. someone that mentored kids during my undergrad in college, all those experiences prepared me to become a teacher. So by the time I finally got into the classroom, interacting with kids was not an issue for me. I didn't have a learning curve when it came to classroom management and being able to build relations with kids. It was more about the technical aspects like building a lesson plan, reading data and having a foundational knowledge of your state standards within your content area. Mm -hmm. The things that are more behind the scenes that people just don't even know about when it comes to teaching. People People just look at what happens in the classroom. They don't know the work that has to take place. Right. In order to get to that classroom point, the amount of planning, the amount of preparation, the amount of questioning and the executive decision making that you have to go through just to put all that together. Right. In that one lesson. Right. And then you get up there and you teach your lesson and you're like, OK, who can tell me? And nobody can. And then it's like, oh, back to the drawing board, you know, and no, you can't, yeah. like I said, you have to be grounded enough to like. This won't stress me out. I taught a lesson and not a single child raised their hand. (laughs) Like nobody could tell me the answer. And it's like, but that's fine because obviously I didn't teach it in the way that they got it. Let me go back and try it again. You have to have a a good mindset to be a teacher, I think. 
Yep. And you're speaking of being reflective. Right. And being able to acknowledge that the lesson that you just delivered might not have been the best lesson. And there are certain things within the lesson that you can improve upon and tweak in order to get a better result out of your students. Right. That takes some humility. Right. So I know we're running low on time. So I do have one more question and I want to go ahead and share your website so people can see where to go. So my last question is, well, second to last question, what word of advice would you give to a first year teacher right now who's about to enter the new school year in the midst of COVID-19? Will be a word of advice? Because there are a lot of first year teachers who are scared and what to expect. This is an unusual circumstance for them and so many others. I think the biggest thing, because I'm very active on Instagram, which is how we connected. Right. Um, so there's a lot of new teachers on Instagram and there's a lot of like fear. And it's like when one person posts it, they're afraid. Then everybody else in the comments is like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And I kind of want to change their mindset and ask themselves, like, instead of thinking, how can I survive this year? How am I going to survive this year? How am I going to get through this year? How am I going to do this? Like, how's it going to be? How can you thrive this year? How can you do your very best this year? How can you show up for your students this year? How can you be the best that you can be this year? How can you take what you were taught while you were in college and apply it? How can you take what you did in your student teaching and apply it? And so instead of going in with the, you know, how can I survive this year because of COVID-19, ask yourself, how can I thrive this year? You know, how can I be amazing this year? What can I do for my kids this year? How can I reach my students in the best way possible? How can I do what I can with what I have mm-hmm. and, and let that be okay? Because wow. that's, be, that's my mindset going into the school year with COVID-19. <laughs> and you're not alone in that mindset. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but mindset, to me, mindset is everything. You have to have that. Yeah. Have to have that. You can't just go through the motions. Right. Got to have the right mindset in order to do the best work for the kids, right. but also yourself. Right. Now, speaking of your teachers who say they're scared, you have a chance to support them right now by talking about your website. So I have it up here. So if you want to just walk me through the website and just tell me where to go and we could just show folks where they can go to get that support. Okay. So this is actually my classroom. I know a lot of people on Instagram, they, they like this picture. <laughs> this is my actual classroom uh, nice. when I was teaching kindergarten. And so that's the first thing that you will see. So you get a little glimpse into my own classroom, my own you know, view or vision of what school looked like. And then when you scroll down, you'll get my short bio picture of me. Mm-hmm. And I just talk a little bit about how I got started, why I got started, my background in education, curriculum and instruction and all that stuff. How I was a campus induction coordinator. And okay. then obviously you can contact me. And then as you keep scrolling, there should be options. Oh, yeah, my new teacher starter kit. I did create a new teacher starter kit in English and Spanish. Because bilingual. 
Yes, as a bilingual teacher, we never get anything. <laughs> we mm-hmm. never get anything. And the first thing we raise our hands and ask in any training, is it in Spanish? And the answer is always no. So I have a new teacher starter kit, and it's just uh, meet the teacher templates, to-do list templates, stuff like that, little things that you don't think about until meet the teacher night already made for you, just a little freebie for stopping by. And then as you keep scrolling down, I just have, you know, what all is included in my coaching. So the live Q&A, like I was saying, the monthly Q&A sessions, the private cohort of collaboration where we'll move throughout the school year together. And then also the private side-by-side coaching if they want to just work with me one-on-one. And then, of course, the giveaways, the contests, all the fun stuff, the book studies, things like that. So So my question is, is registration for both the cohort of collaboration and side-by-side coaching open right now? Mm -hmm. Registration is open right now for everything, all my services. If you scroll down where it says plans and pricing or back up to the top, you can okay. see the pricing for those, but they are open. I was thinking of doing like a true cohort where we open and then close. And then I just take that one cohort throughout the school year. But I think I'm going to stay open for enrollment with the cohort because some people may not struggle the first two weeks of school. Sure. Some people may not struggle the first two months of school. But, you know, around Christmas time, when things get hectic and busy and there's a lot going on and, you know, there's they want you to get your kids ready for the program, but you also might have to get them ready for some type of testing. And you're like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to get them ready to sing this song when they're not even ready to take this test? And there's just a lot going on. They can still jump in, you know, or in January, they can still jump in. In the springtime testing season, they can still jump in because it's my plan to keep up with the pacing of the school year, no matter where they jump in they should be able to just, you know, fall into the flow of the course. Oh, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a rolling basis. Right. So they can come in anytime, not just the beginning of the school year. They can come in at any point of the school year to get the support. Yeah, they can come in screaming, help. And I'm like, I'm here, girl. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Wow, Yolanda, this has just been great. So happy that you're able to come on the show to talk with us. So I thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And before you go, if you could just share with us your social media information so that people can connect with you on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other platforms. Okay. On Instagram, I am New Teacher Bestie. On Twitter, I'm at Teach Yo-Yo. And on Facebook, I am just my name, Yolanda Pleer. That's my private Facebook. So if you want to add me, you can add me because I talk a little bit of education, a little bit of life, a little bit of entrepreneurship all in one. But the cohort, you won't be able to actually keep up with unless you're a member. So you want to get in there and just, you know, see what's going on. You're going to have to join because I want the new teachers to feel comfortable and be in a private setting. So the cohort will be membership only, but to keep up with just my ideas and my advice and everything else I have going on, New Teacher Bestie on Instagram will be your best bet. Awesome. So Yolanda, thank you again for being on the show and we hope to bring you back soon to talk about how 
the core of collaboration is going, the side-by-side coaching, just everything new teacher bestie. We want to check on your progress. Thank you. Thank you for All having right. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have a good night. All right. You too. So here we are, people. Another episode of A Dang Talk for Educators Live in the books. And before we sign off, I want to go ahead and make a few announcements. First thing is, I Dang Talk Consulting has launched a brand new program for any educators who are interested in self-publishing a book and learning about the whole process. It's called SPELL, which stands for the Self-Publishing Educators Learning Lab. And this is going to be a coaching program for any educators who want to learn about everything from writing a manuscript to editing all the way through to publishing a book on different self-publishing platforms. If this sounds like something that you want to do and you're that teacher that wants to spell out the narrative with the power of your pen, make sure you book some time with us by going on our Facebook page and we'll be sure to talk to you more about the program. So make sure you check us out and learn more about the spell program. The other thing is our podcast is going to go on hiatus after next week. So for any individuals who want to be a guest on the show in the fall, you can still contact me at IdaneTalkForEducators at gmail.com. And we can definitely book for future dates in the fall. But just to let everybody know, we're going to be on hiatus after next week's episode uh, because we need to do some work behind the scenes and some retooling to make sure that we continue to provide you with the best content out there. So anybody that's interested in being a guest, just make sure you contact me at the email, educators at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to reach out to you. And finally, as you see down below in the ticker, if you love what you see, if you love the content and you're someone that's been tuning in every Monday, please be sure to visit Apple Podcasts, leave a review for I Dang Talk for Educators Live. The more people share about what they love about the show, the more we can increase our viewership, the more we can impact more educators who need the support, as Yolanda mentioned. So make sure you subscribe and leave that review if you love what you've seen tonight. And those are my announcements for this evening. On behalf of Yolanda Player, new teacher bestie, this is your host, Kwame Salfamensa, signing off. And we're going to see you again next week. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>